The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Why did he use that word? God goes to extreme measures to bring the loss to himself. The greatest gift you will ever give this world is your intimacy with God. The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are all three inside of me. I've got the power right now. I think what Jesus really wants is people to go. I want to be the answer to Jesus' prayer request. Welcome to the Fuel for the Harvest podcast. When this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world, then shall the end come. Hey everyone, and welcome to this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. This is Nathan, and I will be your host for today. Thanks so much for joining me here once again. I really hope uh, that the last two weeks of episodes or so have been very encouraging to you. If you listen to them, you heard stories from our Forge Equipping alumni, uh, students who took part in our discipleship adventure, as I like to call it, because um, it's not a summer camp and it's not really like anything you've ever experienced before. It's a totally different thing where you come and you experience what it means to not just be a hearer of the word, but a doer also. Anyway, I hope that you've been encouraged by their testimonies because God is powerfully moving. Uh, it's undeniable. Uh, the things that he's doing, things that only he can do in the lives of people. And it's been incredible to watch and witness as he's been up to these things. You know, when I was 19, and I've told you guys this story on the podcast before, when I was 19, I had this encounter with Jesus. Uh, if you haven't heard the story before, basically, I'm at my wit's end, and I decide, I, I know I need to know Jesus. Uh, it's a it's an undeniable reality. I need I know I need to know Jesus. So I spend some time with him. And as a result of spending time with him in prayer, he radically changes my life. He reaches into my life. And it's as if it's as if he switched on his rivers of living water that he talks about uh, with the woman at the well. It's as if he like turned on a spigot in my heart. And all of a sudden, my life began to change as a result of my encounter with the living Jesus. In, in the months that went after that, the Lord began to train me and show me the value of the body of Christ and the value of his word and all of these things. And he also began to train me in sharing his good news with others. And there was this enormous fruit in my life that came as a result of this transformational intimacy that I had with the living Jesus, this enormous fruit. That's why at Forge, we like to say the greatest gift you'll ever give this world is your intimacy with God, because it's true. Uh, every part of the Christian life, Christian life emerges out of that relationship with the living Jesus. Anyway, so all of this is happening. And then Slowly but surely, as I've said on this podcast before, I began to trade my intimacy with God for time with, with a friend. And it, it just so happened to be that this friend was a girl and I was interested in her and it didn't work out. Um, and so six months after this moment of transformation, followed by three months of following Jesus passionately, and then three months of not really or it really wasn't three months, maybe like a month and a half, six weeks or so of uh, kind of trading time with Jesus. And I didn't like sin or anything, you know, like I just traded my time with Jesus, which I would call a sin, but it wasn't like we were doing anything inappropriate or anything um, is what I mean. Anyway, so I'm trading time with Jesus for time with this girl. And then this girl ditches me and I am left totally and completely 
empty. And you, if you are an avid listener to this podcast, you've heard this part of the story as well, that when I went back to hang out with Jesus, things were different. It, it was as if I had missed something somewhere along the way. Um, and for a year, I kind of just languished in my relationship with Jesus. It was just really painful and difficult and complicated. And I didn't understand what was going on. And it took me a year. And fin finally, maybe I got quiet enough because I don't think the Lord was holding me on a hook. I think I just got quiet enough to hear him say, you know, Nathan, when you first when you first decided that you wanted to be up close to me, it was for, it was about me. But ever since you came back to hang out with me, it was it hasn't been about me. It's been about all the fruit that you saw in your life. You haven't been seeking me. You've been seeking passionate prayer. You haven't been seeking me. You've been seeking the feeling that you got of with being around me. You haven't been seeking me. You're seeking the feeling you got of being obedient to me. You're, you haven't been seeking, you know, like it, it became very, very clear that I had missed something very, very important, which is that I had sought to, to have fruit in my life without abiding in Christ. Uh, John talks about this. I'm 99% sure it's in John 15. <laughs> it's, it, this is just a scripture coming to mind off the top of my head. Uh, but he says, abide in me and you will bear much fruit. I am the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me and you will bear much fruit. But apart from me, you can do nothing. So if you don't abide in Christ, you can't bear fruit, which makes obvious sense because what branch apart from the trunk is going to bear fruit? It's just not going to happen. Um, anyway, so that that's the, that is a reality. That's a spiritual reality. You tried, you try to produce spiritual fruit and you try and do it without Jesus. And it's just not possible. The reason I bring up this story is because over the course of the last, I don't know, five years, six years, seven years, maybe, uh, since I learned this lesson. So I learned this lesson as a 20 year old. I'm now a 30 year old. So I guess it's been 10 years. And as a, a result of learning this lesson, I've watched with intrigued eyes at other people making this exact same mistake. And I've tried to encourage them along the way and I've tried to share. And so that actually happened to me again today, which is why I wanted to get on the podcast and just share kind of how does this apply to people? So if you have had an encounter with Jesus and if you've seen the transformation that comes in your life, then you've probably also experienced, and this might not be 100% true, but if I was a betting man, which I'm not because I'm too poor for that, but if I was a betting man, <laughs> if I was a betting man, I would, I would, I, I would bet that if you've seen radical transformation and fruit in your life, then other Christians have taken note of that and praised God for it. And as a result, they may have even praised you for it. And here's an interesting thing. People like being praised. <laughs> they like being encouraged. They like being the center of attention. Many of them do, obviously not everybody, but many people like to be the center of attention. And uh, the person I was talking with today actually mentioned that. They said, yeah, I had this radical transformation in my life and I was seeking after Jesus and I was just seeking after Jesus. And all of this transformation that was happening 
was putting me in the spotlight of other people in my life. And all of a sudden I had all these spotlights on me and I really liked it. I loved being the center of attention. I loved being the guy who knew Jesus. I, I loved all of those things. But something happened in the life of this student, just like it happened in my life, just like it's happened in the lives of so many others uh, throughout Christian history, something happened. And that is, we forgot our first love. Uh, Revelation chapter two talks about this. Uh, Jesus is speaking to the church at Ephesus, the ancient church at Ephesus. And uh, he says, I know your works, your toil and your patient endurance and how you cannot bear with those who are evil, but have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not and have found them to be false. I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake and you have grown not weary, but I have this against you, that you have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, from, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works you did at first. If not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Yet this you have another compliment. I hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which you also, which I also, you hate the work of the Nicolaitans, which you, which I also hate. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To the one who conquers, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. So, basically, church at Ephesus has done the exact same thing. They have forgotten their first love. They have forgotten Jesus. And the encouraging words of Jesus are, repent, basically turn back to me. Uh, the word repent literally means turn, uh, like about face. You're going one way, then you repent and you start going a different way. Repent and do the things you did at first. Basically, make me number one again, or I'm going to remove my lampstand. Uh, it's hard to say, but it seems as though the church at Ephesus did not repent as the church at Ephesus no longer exists. And now it's a heavily Muslim dominated area of the world. So it happens. It's happened for 2000 years. It happens. It happened to me. It happened to the student I was talking about talking to today. It has happened to many others in my life. I imagine it's happened. It happens. You have this experience with Jesus. Your life begins to change. As a result, you begin to bear fruit. And all of a sudden, people around you take notice of this fruit and they think it's you. But it's not. It's him. And here's what's happened. Here, here's what happens. Because we think it's us, because we're stupid like that. I'm, I mean, let's be honest, like brutally honest. That's stupid. <laughs> because we think it's us, we begin to disconnect from the, the vine, right? And we attempt to produce fruit by ourselves. Like we miss the mark. Just like I was languishing for a year in my relationship with Jesus, seeking after the things he did versus him, uh, I, that's what happens. We, we, we remove ourselves from the vine and we think, if I can just fabricate, if, if, I can just, if I can just make the fruit happen, then everything will be good and nothing bad will happen. So we remove ourselves from the vine, which is stupid in an attempt to produce our own fruit. And we don't overtly know that we're doing this. What, what happens overtly is that we just simply take our eyes off Jesus 
and we put our eyes on ourselves. And we think I can produce fruit because everybody around me is saying I can produce fruit. But what they don't understand or what you don't understand potentially is that Jesus is the one producing the fruit in you. Sorry, too many words. Here's what I'm trying to say. We disconnect from the vine. We attempt to produce fruit, but the fruit is fake. And it's obvious to everyone around us, including ourselves, that that fruit is fake. And the reason it's fake is because it's not coming from the vine. We're taping plastic fruit to the edges of our branches because there's no way to produce real fruit. You know, like it's like you go to the Hobby Lobby or whatever and you buy a, like a fake plum or a fake pear. That's what's in my head, a fake pear. And you take some Scott, you know, some clear plastic tape and you tape the tape it to the end of your branch because and, and it looks like fruit, but it's fake and everybody knows it's fake. And it's really obvious that it's fake and it's fake. Because it's not you're not abiding in the vine. Here's my encouragement. It's never too late to abide in the vine. It's never too late to spend time with Jesus. If you have, if, if you made this mistake and you thought you're producing all your own fruit and you're God's gift to humanity, repent and do the things you did at first. Love the one who loves you the most. Spend some time with Jesus. If you abide in him, the fruit that you produce will be real. Because that's that that's what branches connected to the vine do. It's just natural. Like if you have a branch coming out from the vine and it's and it's not producing fruit, Jesus says it's going to be cut off in John 15. But it, it would be unnatural. The reason it gets cut off is because that that doesn't look right. Uh, it's obviously not dead. It's obviously not reproducing. It's the natural thing for a, a, a branch abiding in the vine to produce fruit. Also, as humans, it's a choice. If we abide in the vine, it's a natural thing for me to produce the fruit of the spirit. Also, I have to choose it. Like, my wife is extremely easy to love, but sometimes there are moments where I, I have to say, I choose to love you even though it's uncomfortable for me, even though it's difficult for me, even though, you know, everything in my flesh is saying like, I, I, this is not fair or whatever, you know, you know what the flesh sounds like. Everything in me is saying, it's not fair, but I still choose to love. Love is one of the fruits of the spirit. It happens naturally as a result of abiding in the vine, but also I have to choose to love her. And don't get me wrong. My wife is amazing and she's very easy to love. And I'm so thankful for her. But as with any relationship, there are moments where you have to make that choice. Am I going to choose to gratify the desires of the flesh and just be like a little mean spirited, angry husband? Or am I going to love her even though it's difficult in, in a, one or two moments, you know? Fruit is natural. It's never too late to abide in the vine. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you're someone who's like languishing, like I had this extraordinary experience with Jesus and then all of a sudden it's all dry. Consider where are your eyes? What are you focused on? Are you abiding in Jesus? Or have you fixed your eyes on yourself and attempted to fabricate fake fruit in an attempt to show off for others 
instead of abiding in the vine and allowing that fruit to naturally occur as a result of simply being up close to Jesus as it did when it first began. Anyway, I hope that this is an encouragement and I hope that it's a warning to you, to those of you who uh, maybe have never had that experience of, of, of trying to fake fabric or of trying to fabricate fake fruit. Um, I hope that you never do. I hope that you never find yourself trying to make it up. If you abide in the vine, you will produce fruit. If you don't, apart from him, you can do nothing. Anyway, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining us for this latest episode of Fuel for the Harvest. Hope you have a wonderful week. God bless.